G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Even when Jewish couples get married, you know how there's the tradition where they smash the glass? That's to remember the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and then they read a psalm, or they read from the the psalms, if I forget you, O Jerusalem. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Well, over the last several programs, we have learned a lot about Passover, uh, the history and uh, the annual feast of celebration that it represents, both for the Jew and obviously for Christian believers. But immediately after Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So in this program, we're going to learn... What's so special about this bread? Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because Passover literally lasts for a 24-hour period and then there's no breath, no breath at all between that and the mandatory feast of unleavened bread. And you think, well, now they've got, okay, they've had the Passover, that's wonderful, hunky-dory, but now we've got to eat unleavened bread for seven days. Mm. What's with that? Because let me tell you something, there's nothing really very appealing about the taste <laughs> of unleavened bread. It's just, it's like a, a dry cracker, mm. really. And uh, and let me tell you something, Israelis love bread, so <laughs> they kind of go, Passover, yay, no. <laughs> uh, but the bread is actually very, very important. Leviticus 23, 5 to 8, it says, In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And that's what we've been learning about. Then... On the 15th day of the same month, there is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. For seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. But for seven days, you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. And on the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no, not any laborious work. So it was very sacred. It was very holy. What is so special about this bread? I do just want to just explain about the Passover feast is the very last thing that they do for the Passover feast. So I'm just just pause that about the bread for a second. <laughs> what they do is at the end, they always finish by saying next year in Jerusalem. Now, that's very, very important because the cry of Jerusalem as being the holy city and the city where their temple is was and is supposed to be has been in the cry of the Jewish heart for thousands of years. Mm. And we just say it's just a city. No, it's not just a city. It's a city where God has said he's placed his name, where he's going to set his tabernacle, his temple, and where his presence would be. And that's the place he's coming to set his throne up again. And so when they say next year in Jerusalem, it is this cry that has been in the heart of the Jewish people for 2,000 years. Even when Jewish couples get married, you know how there's the tradition where they smash the glass, a wine glass? Mm. That's to remember the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and then they read a psalm or they read from the, the psalms and said, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth oh, and wow. all that, the longing for Jerusalem. So that's how they finish Passover. Mm. Anyway, back to the bread. <laughs> okay. Back to the bread. Okay, so they've got to eat this unleavened bread for, uh, for a whole week. And, you know, they've just had Passover and all that. 
But because these, I mean, okay, these feasts, they're interesting to learn about, but what is the take-home value for us? Well, in John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Okay, so the Feast of Unleavened Bread is quite honestly the symbolic representation of the pure, perfect, sinless life of Christ that gives life. Mm. We explain how they make the bread. It's, it's flour and it's water and they roll it out flat and then they roll this little device over it and they punch it full of holes to make sure there's no rising, no little pockets of air left in there. And then it's baked on a griddle and you come away with these lines or stripes on it. So it's pierced and striped. Mm. And yet it's got no leaven, which means symbolically it's sinless, it's pure, it's perfect. And when you read about the Passover lamb that it had to be presented perfect, pure, uh, without spot, without blemish, and it wasn't to have any of its bones broken. And again, when you learn about the crucifixion, I mean, Roman crucifixion was brutal, but one of the things they always did was they would break the legs of uh, the criminals so that they would asphyxiate very, very rapidly and die. That didn't happen with Jesus. They came to him Mm. to break his legs and then they thought, oh, hang on, he's dead already. So they put a hole, a pierced his uh, side with a spear instead. So they never broke his legs, which is amazing. Yeah. And it just goes to show that Jesus was the one who not only orchestrated when he would be arrested and what would happen to him that he would be crucified, he orchestrated the moment of his death. That's right. Know, and obviously that's a, a fulfillment of prophecy yeah. that, uh, that Roman soldier uh, yeah, fulfilled prophecy by not breaking his legs yes. without obviously realizing that he was doing it, but uh, yet another uh, fulfillment of uh, one of those messianic prophecies. Yeah, and it's and look, you put them all together, you know, Robbo, and you, you, it's kind of breathtaking. Mm. It kind of – it does. It takes your breath away and you go, this could not have been orchestrated. Yeah. No man could have orchestrated this. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely of divine origin, the whole thing. And then, you know, again, because Jesus was he, – he's called the Passover lamb. He's called the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he said that he was the bread of life who came down from heaven. But he was pure, sinless, perfect, without defect. This is exactly what the bread represents because it's sinless, it's perfect, yet it's pierced and it's striped. And then, of course, if you jump ahead to Jesus' day, he spoke. There was he would travel around and he would preach. And there was one time he said something that was really, really problematic. And uh, he, all those following him, they loved him, they appreciated him, they were amazed at his teaching. You know, it says that they were they would marvel at his words because he spoke with one who had authority. He was so different to what they'd heard before. He was filled with compassion. He met their needs. He proved who he was through the wonders that he did. And then he went and said this in John six fifty three. He said, "So Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh." Of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. Now, to those listening, that would be that's like cannibalism. Mm. You're asking me to be a cannibal, which was prohibited in the law of Moses. They couldn't get their head around it. Understandably. (laughs) Understandably. Look, there are a lot of people who look at us and think that we're a a bunch of odd jobs because Mm. we celebrate the communion meal, which is symbolically. Flesh and blood, yeah. and they kind of think, "What is that?" Yeah. We we know that he wasn't saying literally eat my flesh and blood, but what he's saying is, "You have to consume me. You have to embrace me. You have to accept everything. You've got to meld with me." Basically, was what he's saying. 
And if he is the bread of life, we, we mentioned before in, in a couple of other programs, a couple of programs ago about how he's the bread of life. He came down from heaven. He was born in Bethlehem. Mm. Beit is his house and Lechem is bread. So he, that's the house of bread. And he came down from heaven. I mean, he, everything is pointed to this perfect, sinless, pure, undefiled, blemishless, defectless bread. And then in the Old Covenant, during Feast of Unleavened Bread, that was what they had to consume. It. Mm. They had to take this purity, this purity, this perfection, this sinless, righteous, defectless bread that was holy. They had to consume him yeah. in the desert all those years ago. They had to consume him now, and he, this is, he was the fulfillment of it. So you go, what is the big deal about the bread? You absorb the bread, you absorb the goodness, you absorb the nutrition, and it gives you life. And he is the bread who came down from heaven. He said, if you don't consume me, you are without life, he said. You have no life in and of yourselves, John six thirty five. And so you see that the Jewish people, the Hebrews, from the time these mandatory laws were commanded, they have fulfilled by a physical symbology their Messiah who was going to come and be the fulfilling literalness of it. I mean, the pictures are just staggering. Yeah. And, and, of course, today... Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread are, are literally celebrated as one thing. Passover lasts for, for a seven-day period, so it incorporates the two yeah. of them. But th- we often wonder why, why, what is the big deal about the flesh and, and the blood? It's because that's where our life and our restoration comes from, from his perfection. And, that, and, and I think it was um, Martin Luther who said it was the great exchange our unrighteousness for his righteousness. So we consume him and we take on his life that we get given from him. Mm. And um, and he's taken our burden upon himself and then destroyed it on our behalf. Such a wonderful picture and uh, so much uh, richness uh, in that uh, symbolism. And uh, we can uh, be so thankful for that bread of life that's been given Absolutely. for us. So we're looking forward to joining you again on Foundations for more of this great understanding of the richness of the Jewish roots of our faith. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.